You're listening to Rooted and Overflowing. Welcome to episode 34 of Rooted and Overflowing. Today, I'm so happy to share a conversation I had with the wonderful energetic leader of Leadership Develop Me, LLC, Dr. Luana Grant. Dr. Grant is an evangelist, a pastor's wife, scholar, and leading businesswoman who is focused on building people. Leaders are challenged with so much these days. Headlines and deadlines can make our days very pressure-filled. For today's conversation, make sure you have your notes app or a pen and paper handy because there will be tips and strategies that you can implement today if you are longing to turn things around in your work, ministry, and personal life. Links to resources mentioned in today's episode will also be available. In our conversation, I mentioned the fragments of a quote that my brain just could not pull together. So I thought I would let you hear it up front so you know what I tried to say. The quote is from another renowned leadership expert, John Maxwell, and it says, The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sails. Sometimes our best laid plans can get wrecked or get changed on a dime. Listen in as Dr. Grant shares scripture-based and time-tested insight on what to do when we face the inevitable as we move forward toward our goals. Dr. Grant, welcome to Rooted and Overflowing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to have you. I have witnessed your ministry Mm-hmm. And I have witnessed your leadership over the years. Uh, we're a part of the same overall organization. My husband and I are members of uh, Mount Zion in Camden, North Carolina. And so I know that now you are a Carolina girl. I but am. not originally, right? Not originally. <laughs> All right. Well, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what keeps you busy these days? Yeah, absolutely. As you stated, my name is Luana. Well, it was Ross when I was living in California, but it is Grant. And so the great transition between Ross and Grant is marriage and it's um, it's a blessing. And so I am from Northern California, born and raised between the Bay Area and Sacramento. Um, from there, I went away to school, uh, attended Gramlin State University for my undergrad. So any tigers out there that are listening, I'm giving you lots of love in this moment. <laughs> It was one of the best experiences of my life. HBCU, I am definitely a proponent for it. It absolutely changed um, just my mindset and changed the way that I embrace really others um, of, of all walks of life. And so attended Grandma State University, graduated with my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And I thought that I was coming home to go to law school. That was always ah. my plan. Was to go to law school, but the Lord would have it that I didn't go to law school. I landed a job in probation and started to love the law enforcement field. And so went to Sacramento State to get my master's in administration of criminal justice 
And um, again, that was supposed to be temporary. I, I, you know, I thought I was <laughs> going to exit out of that profession, but the Lord sent me to seminary school right in the middle of all of that. I never planned to attend Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, but as you and I both know, the Lord knows what he is doing. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. You have to be obedient. So c- accomplished the master's in theology there at Fuller Theological Seminary. Started my PhD program at Regent University in Virginia. And in the middle of that program, a young man that I was dating decided uh-huh. to marry him. <laughs> and so, um, of course, I said yes to Dale Grant. Awesome man. And it's it's one of, it's one the second best yes of my lifetime. The first is saying yes to God. The oh, second yes. is saying yes to my husband. And so marriage now lands me in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so that is how uh-huh. I landed on the East Coast. (laughs) Wonderful. So it had to be the Lord and the love of your husband to draw you from those beaches in California. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, listen, I'm glad that you were able to get a taste of the East Coast. I am actually native to Ohio. So in marriage is what brought me to North Carolina too. Anytime that I have ever seen you, I know that it has always been in a leadership capacity. Mm. So I would love to hear what was your journey? What was your path to do what it is that you do in leadership? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with the end and then go back to the beginning. (laughs) So um, let's say a working end started in 2017 when we launched um, our consulting business, Leadership Development LLC. And so when I look back over my life as young as I was, I can always see how God um, humbly used me to be a person of influence. Um, I can remember even as a teenager, I had a community drill team and I'm teaching the kids in the neighborhood how to drill to scriptures. And I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was a cheerleader in high school. They pegged me as the captain. I didn't know what I was doing. I just was just being who God has called me to be. Um, and so even after um, after completing my undergraduate studies and getting into law enforcement, I started teaching classes in that field as well, um, certified classes. And all along, I never thought that I would have my own consulting business. But when I moved from California to North Carolina, my job was county-based. And so that means that I could not transfer state to state. And that landed me or left me rather um, leaving a career of almost 15 years. When I relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what do I do? What do I do? (laughs) Um, Because I was comfortable. I I loved it. I knew the politicians. I knew the civic leaders. I loved helping our offenders be better citizens in in the community. I loved seeing that transformation in individuals because I discovered that a lot of the time their downfall was simply because of lack of exposure. Mm -hmm. And so I, I enjoyed helping them transform their lives. And so when I moved here, I tried to go back into the same field. <laughs> and I started on Monday. I, I got a job here with the pro office. Um, I started on Monday and I quit on Friday. Um, and actually, mentally, I quit 
on Monday at lunchtime. Uh, I called my husband after four hours of being in that office and I said, oh no, I'm not going back in there. And so he said, you know, you always tell people to gather all of the data and make an informed decision. He said, so why don't you just stay for the rest of the week and then really decide. But again, I knew there was a shifting in the direction of purpose, right? And so I quit that job and I I remember just praying and saying, God, what am I supposed to do next? Uh, My husband is a pastor. I didn't have to work, but I'm not the young lady to just sit at home and ask anybody for $20 to go buy a pair of shoes. That's not me. Right. Right. (laughs) And so uh, I like to make my money and do what I want to do. And so um, I will never forget, I was on a, a walk in my neighborhood as I do routinely. And um, I was just talking to the Lord and I said, you know, what do I do now? And um, the Holy Spirit just really, um, really jarred me to think about what he has allowed me to do all of my life. And that was build people. And so I said, okay, at this time I was writing my dissertation with my PhD, which is in business and organizational leadership. You know, I was getting a doctorate in leadership and um, he said, build people. And for a long time, I gave away my information free. And here's where I had an epiphany, like, wait a minute, what do people always ask you for? And here's where I have discovered that not only that moment, but along our journey in life, you can always know your purpose in that season by examining what is the demand on your life. And people would always ask me to come and do empowerment workshops or come and do leadership training. And this was before I was Dr. LaWanna Grant, right? And so I had to step back and say, okay, Lord, I get it. Another pivotal point for me is when the Holy Spirit spoke and he said, because by now, I'm crying. I'm like, Lord, I don't have I don't have no friends here. My family is in California. What do you want me to do? Right. And the Holy Spirit said, just because I change your location doesn't mean I change your destination. And so that made me dig deep because I can be placed in Africa. I can go to China. But as long as I'm clear about God's calling on my life and what I am supposed to do, I believe that I will be anointed. You will be anointed. Anybody will be anointed to do what you're supposed to do in that time. And so after that, we filed the paperwork and we put together the business and God has been kind. We just celebrated five years. Um, yes. So that's amazing. And of course, along the way, there have been arms of the business to unfold that I never planned for. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was just going to be doing one-on-one coaching. And I mean, we now have a book publication arm, um, corporate contracts, all of that. And God has been more than kind. Um, But I've learned that it comes with following his voice and being in tune with the purpose that God has on your life. And speaking of purpose, I did go to your website and you have a book on purpose as well as positioning yourself and repositioning yourself. What's your latest book? My latest book, actually, 
newsflash, there's one coming out in about two weeks. Yes. <laughs> so I won't say the name of that one, but I would encourage those who are listening to definitely follow and connect because it's coming uh, and it's going to be for your kids. I'm just going to say oh, that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the latest book is A Pocket Guide to Strategic Planning. That's the last book that we released, I believe, last year or kind of lose track now. I think we're up to like six or seven. So, yes, <laughs> um, yes. But that's the last book. And I wrote that book. Book. It's 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 a pocket book. It's a super small four by six book. Yes. Um, but the information in it is very direct and very uh, straightforward. And I wrote that book because a lot of leaders, both in the marketplace and in ministry, they would ask me, "How in the world?" Do you accomplish all that you do with everything you have going on? And it has everything to do with strategic planning and teamwork. Because if we think that we can do everything, you're going to disappoint yourself. Yes, that is <laughs> you're true. Disappoint yourself, and so in that book, I take us back to the second grade. People, when when ah. I teach this physically in in, in person, mm-hmm. people are always amazed. And mind you, I've I've taught it in corporate settings with top executives, and they're like, "Wow!" Because yeah. it simply goes back to comprehensive reading in the second grade. Who, what, when, where, how, why? That's right. Who do you need to help you? Um, What are the action items? When? Datelines. You know, I always share with my clients that you should have datelines and not deadlines. Because when we work by deadlines, you'll stress yourself out. When you work by deadlines, you'll wait to the last minute to try to get all of this work done instead of working by datelines that say, okay, on Monday, I'm going to work on this project. On Tuesday, I'm going to work on this project. And it allows you to progressively do those action items, those those what action items, so that you can get to your end result, right? So who, what, when, where, where's the location? That's a big one that people uh, miss, right? Who, what, when, where, how, how, that's your strategic plan, your mode of operation, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then the big one is why. And the why is so important because it allows you to stay in tune with where you're supposed to be in that season. Because I have met so many leaders that are doing what they do just because they can do it. But I have long overcome the syndrome of just because I can, I should. Absolutely. Just because you can doesn't mean you should be doing it. And so what's your why? Why are you doing this? And when your why doesn't match up with your strategic plan, Mm -hmm. it's time to get out of there. It's time to exit. Now, the exit plan is in my (laughs) other book, Let It Out. Okay. Uh All right. That book is is talking about your your exit plan, that we we shouldn't plan to stay in any leadership role forever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And when you talk about strategic planning, sometimes there's the thought that, oh, well, if I plan too much, then I'm not giving any room for either life to happen or sometimes even for God to move. Sometimes people think that if they plan too much, we're not giving um, God any room. I would love to hear you speak to that, just how important strategic planning is and that it's not to smother us, but just how does it really help us? 
Yeah. When you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That adage still rings true today. Um, You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 9 that it is a man who plans his way. We, we have strategic plans for our life. We seek the Holy Spirit as to what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do it? But the caveat is once you have a plan to submit that and say, Lord, whatever is in here that should be, allow your favor to rest upon it. Whatever it is that should not be, extract that detail and allow whatever you want to happen. But it, it is, it's a disservice to oneself when you live a life yeah. aimlessly. You know, you should have goals. You should have plans. Um, It goes back to what I said in the beginning. I had a goal to be an attorney. <laughs> I was going to be this top-notch criminal attorney. So I was inspired by the courtroom. Right. And so that was my plan. That was my goal when I went to college. But submitting that and submitting that and submitting to the Holy Spirit, he he will lead you in a different direction for his glory. Right. And so, yes, my goal was to have an education. I have one. Never thought it would be in leadership. I thought I was going to be (laughs) an esquire. All right. And so it just looks different, but it was still what God placed in my heart. I have to say, um, tell people like this, that, you know, God, God inspires us. I believe that's in Philippians 2 and 13, that it's God who gives you the inspiration and the will to do the things that bring him good pleasure. Right. And so when he inspires you, that doesn't mean you have all the details. Absolutely not. All right. So you can be inspired to do something, but that's why we have to stay connected because he's going to tell you how to do it. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but he does not give you all of the details up front. Just <laughs> there you go. Deadlines yeah. and datelines. I love that. What prevents us, what prevents leaders from meeting their datelines or setting their datelines? Distractions distractions. Yeah, there is a concept that I teach. It's called buffer time and block time. And so block time, it says that, you know what, during this hour, during the day, I'm going to turn off my cell phone. I'm going to turn off my notifications for my email because I don't know what it is. As soon as we hear that ding, it's like, we're looking at our phone. We're distracted by email, right? So what it says is that this is an hour that I am totally focused on whatever it is during that hour so that I can get this accomplished without any distractions. And then that buffer time, it's it's at least 15 to 20 minutes in between your assignments and your tasks. Because when you have meetings back to back, you're going to be mentally exhausted by the end of the day, right? And so it's it's having it's having a discipline to mm-hmm. ignore the distractions. I promise you, whatever it is, if the text message, the email, mm-hmm. it will be there once you once you walk through those things that you have planned for that day. And that is so practical. It just makes sense. Because you're absolutely right. There's a ding for this and there's a beep for this. And it's like everything is urgent. But I think, too, what I'm hearing you say is that we can control that. Absolutely. You know, a business and and ministry. If people know me up close, Monday is my day. So you can text me all you want to on a Monday. But unless 
I deem it as a dire emergency. I may look at it. I may not. But Monday is my day that I choose what I want to do. And I typically try to unplug from ministry, unplug from work and spend time with me and or my husband. Like that's my day. And, you know, it's so funny because now even the volunteers at our church, they're like, oh, I wanted to call you and then I forgot it was Monday. So now, now Tuesday comes and they want to flood you, right? Because they've been waiting. Um, But, you know, you teach people how to engage you. You know, when you, when you are always um, so responsive, you know, you're, you're with your children at a football game, you're watching your son and and you're in a meeting on a zoom call. Like, no, like I want to be present. I want to enjoy this. And you have to be okay with saying, no, I can't do that right now. You have to be okay with that. I love that. And that's a mindset shift. And I know for a lot of people, that's difficult, but it is something that I have learned just within the past, um, we're in 2022, just within the past several years. You know, it's like I had to get myself to the point where, okay, I cannot respond to everything. Got to stop and take some time for myself, you know? I definitely wanted to give your audience, as we were talking about time management, um, there's a book, The 12-Week Year um, by Brian P. Morin and Michael Lennington. It is an amazing book that helps you with time management and just your mindset of accomplishing more in 12 weeks versus a year. And so I just wanted to kind of give that to your listeners because it, it has tremendously changed the way that I do things. I remember being introduced to that several years ago. You just sit and take the time to plan at the beginning. Then you can execute as you go along. How can you work through some of the things that come against that plan? You know, you can have it all planned out at the beginning, but you just hit, you know, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle before you get to your destination. How can leaders uh, recover along the way or just deal with the things that can try to throw you off? Yeah, you have to put on your leadership glasses and stay focused. You know, um, it's just like on uh, many times, um, I'm sure you've left work and a 15 minute drive ends up being an hour because perhaps there was an accident or perhaps, you know, there was a detour, just things that that you didn't plan for. And that doesn't mean that you make a U-turn and go back to your your initial uh, leaving point, but it does mean that you stay focused, you stay in position and you keep driving. And you know, what I have learned is that when you're really able to do that and not maximize your frustration, let me say that because you will become frustrated. We're human, right? But are are you going to spend 20 minutes on that? Or are you going to spend 20 seconds on that? Right? Because 20 seconds and 20 minutes, it that's a big difference. And so are you going to spend that much energy talking about what didn't go right and what's going wrong? Or are you going to acknowledge, you know what? Okay, this person didn't come through with what they were supposed to do. This Mm -hmm. is kind of making me uneasy here. 20 seconds. Oh, but hey, Michael, you're here. I know I didn't tell you, but do you mind picking this up? Because if you could do this, it's going to make this come together. And I've learned that when you dismiss your right to be frustrated, God 
Well, open your eyes and you will see that ram in the bush because whatever God has called you to do, he didn't call you to figure out all of the details. He just called you to show up. And so that means when you show up, it's going to all work out. There's a recording that we do every year at our church for our Mother's Day. And um, I you know, had uh, the selected participants uh, ready to record. And um, we have paid video videographers. So everything was, was in, in place. And maybe two hours before, one of the parents said, I can't come. Hmm. That's throwing my whole show off, right? I can't call the videographers and say, hey, you know, we need to reschedule. And so in my mind, I'm saying, you know what? you probably could have gave me heads up at least at the top of the day so that I could have come up with an alternative plan. That didn't happen. It goes back to that 20 seconds or 20 minutes, right? 20 seconds to say, you know what? This is not going how I wanted to, but I'm going to get there. And when I tell you that that recording was so uh-huh. amazing. Now, I wish that the person had been on the panel, but God knew who was supposed to be there, even with the numbers decreased. And he knew the healing that was going to take place for those mothers, those daughters, and those sons. And so even when people watch it, it's not what I want people to have. It's what God want people to have through me. And I think when we release, when we release ownership, oh, that's big. Cause I know we've been own it, own it. You really don't own it. <laughs> it all belongs to God. You have a responsibility, but you don't own the outcome. I love that. And when you think about delegating, when you talk about delegating, aren't we bothering people? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's talk it through. Yeah, actually what you're doing is dividing yourself up into multiple people. And you would be surprised. Most people are waiting for you to give them a piece of you. Most people are waiting to learn, how are you doing that? Most people are waiting to say, you know what? Teach me how you have such a successful mindset because I want to do that. And so again, it goes back to you not owning you. And I, I always think of it like this, and I'm, I'm always intentional in this area and progressively working on it. I haven't mastered it yet, but I'm always saying if I were to die today, right now, what pieces of who I am would continue to thrive in the earth? Or because I didn't delegate, because I didn't create systems, because I didn't put processes in place, would I take all of me to the grave? And when you think of it like that, it will push you to delegate. And I will always stop and say, okay, Lamana, you're doing this, but who else can do this? Even though you can, who else can do this? Something small as a spreadsheet. I'm guilty because I could do a spreadsheet in like 15 minutes, right? And and be done. However, there's somebody that's waiting, not only that has a skill set to do the spreadsheet, but in the process of the exchange, they're learning something from you. And so how dare us, if we belong to God, how dare us be so selfish not to give pieces away 
of who God has made us to be. So delegation is big. Delegation is huge and delegation is a must. I am all for it. What I'm taking away from our conversation is that you are straightforward, you are direct, you are intentional, but people aren't bruised by it. We seem to have entered into a time where sometimes it could be said, you know, that we're coddling each other, you know, and in some ways I can see that that is true, but there is nothing like just getting to the point You know, we don't have to cut each other's heads off, (laughs) but there's something about just getting straight to the point so that we can get things done. I think a lot of times we don't take what we do seriously enough, you know, that it requires us to do some of the things that you just recommended that we do. Because when I hear you talk, I'm like, you know, that's real next level. This is where we need to be if, and this is how we need to think about things if we want to start stepping and walking in the places that God has prepared for us. I can really hear that. It's like the whole time that you were talking, I'm I'm just hearing next level, next level. You know, you're genuine, but you're, you're serious. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And um, I I will, I will say this, Patricia, is that now you, you pegged me right. (laughs) I am a bottom line type of leader. I I don't even want to know all of the details. I just want to know exactly what you need, the final outcome, Uh and exactly what you want me to do. And and I will admit, I'm clear that that's a part of my leadership style. However, in that, in being a bottom line leader, I have learned that there are times that it's appropriate to take the long way. I got you. Because um, who you're leading dictates how you lead. And so because I know that I am a bottom line leader, if I have that person that likes to talk to me a long time, see, I'm not a telephone talker that that annoys me like I am busy. Right. And so I'm not just having just like a casual conversation with you. Right. So if I call or they call, I'll preface it with, um, you know, hey, Michelle. All right. Yeah, I got 10 minutes. What you got on your mind? I've already told you, hey, you, you you got to give me the details because I don't have time for an hour conversation. I have a schedule here with buffers and blocks that I'm trying to accomplish by the end of the day, right? Um, but but there are times that you have to take the the long the long route, you know, and and somebody could be having a bad day. There are times where you have to say, you know what. I planned five minutes for this, but let me get 15. Mm-hmm. Let me let me let him get this off of his chest, because if he's free, if she's free, they're going to make a better team member that I can delegate authority to. But I am sure that nobody wants an angry team member. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And That's so, right. you know, yes, we, I am, perhaps some of your listeners can say, yep, I'm a bottom line person too. But let us not ignore the fact that there are times that you have to adjust. It is Hershey and Blankert's um, uh, presentation of situational leadership, right? And so situational leadership says that the leader has to adjust based on the person or the environment. And so oftentimes we're, we're mad because we're like, we're frustrated because it's like, 
Can't you all just get it? I sent the email, right? And so, but what we're failing to ignore is that maybe you, you're an email communicator or a text message communicator, but maybe the people on your team actually need a virtual meeting once a week with you so that they understand the details. I don't want to do it, but I do want to be successful. So then that causes me to adjust for the success of the team or the organization. I absolutely can see that. I love that. Um, and just that opportunity to adjust. Um, yeah. I, rem- I s- can remember seeing a quote by John Maxwell. I don't know it, but it's something about adjusting the sales, about how, you know, within a, so within a storm, how a leader knows how to adjust the sales. I would like to take a turn a little bit to talk about Flim. That okay. I am a part of Flim. I've been enjoying uh, what I've been reading and listening to. I tell you, I get an opportunity to catch the replay. And it's so funny because there was one, I mean, what you share and the people that you've brought together has been just, it's it's been so good till, you know, there was one session about um, for, for daycare providers I still mm. listened to it and I'm like, because she she still shared information that was transferable. I mean, she yeah. was awesome. She presented, really got to the point and got to the heart. And I was just like, I am just so thankful to be able to get this kind of information to really wow. build this up. So please share how Flim came about. Well, this is another example of doing what God wants you to do and not owning it, but but making sure that you carry the responsibility. So when I launched our business, I told God, I I told him, of course, we're not doing church stuff. (laughs) We're we're not doing we're not doing ministry. I I get enough of that. I'm a church girl. You know, I'm a first lady. I'm a teacher, a preacher. I have a whole life of that. And I didn't want my work. (laughs) I didn't want my work to include that. And I told God that. And um, maybe the second or third year, let's see, this is the third year of Flim. So the second year um, uh, after the launch of the business, um, I offered what I thought a one-time four-week training session for female leaders in ministry. Uh I said one time, right? I'm going (laughs) to offer this class. And I had some very iconic voices to come. Mm -hmm. Um, One being um, my mentor and friend, the late Evangelist Joyce Rogers. Um, She came, um, Supervisor Vanessa Gatlin, Dr. Barbara Bryan, um, Dr. Casey Nevels, um, all came, all came and just poured out. And so it was a four-week session. And at the end of the session, the lady said, well, what now? And I said, oh, that's it. The play, you you can listen to the replay. And they said, no, we need something like this on a routine basis because it's not denominationally based. Um, it, 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 it's very, uh, it's information that's across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to focus on your mental, your natural, your financial, your physical, mm-hmm. um, and try to bring information around those areas. And so those ladies in that class pushed the phlegm. So I call them the charter members. <laughs> 
Because with the demand, and it goes back to what people are asking of you, right? With the with the demand, I said, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? Again, I was still telling him, I don't want to do this. You, you know, I don't want to do this, right? <laughs> and the Holy Spirit assured me, if you be obedient to me, I'll give you the desires of your heart, but I want you to take care of my business. And 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 I must say, as a as an entrepreneur, God has been faithful. You know, I I I have phlegm and do you know I do a workshop for churches and and leaders in churches, mm-hmm. but I also have that corporate side and those mm-hmm. contracts where. I can do what I initially wanted to do, right? And so that is the birthing of Flem. So now we have a platform by by which uh, uh, members can log into, as you said, and watch the replay. And so just a plug here, if you're not a part, listen, it is literally less than your Starbucks habit a month. It's $19 a month. And you have all of the training um, that you can access, replay over and over again. And your quarterly training sessions are included. So you never have to register for anything else ever. Okay. Um, and so, and and that again was something I committed to prayer because um any any solopreneur, if you will, now we have contracts with people that work for me, um, but you know, we're not in this uh, uh this this lavish office where you could just walk in and have all this clerical staff, right? And so um, and I say this for any entrepreneur that's listening, automation is very key. And so I said, well, Lord, how do I give this group of leaders the information you want them to have and take me out of the equation? And so um, it goes to investing in yourself as a leader and an entrepreneur. I invested in myself. I hired a coach who showed me how to create that platform. So now nobody can log into your vault except you. That's right. That's exactly right. Unless you give them your password. And you don't have to wait for me. You don't have to, I don't have to email you a link. Nothing. All you do is log in and you can pick which class you want to choose. And I I want to say as well, the beautiful part is what you said. Because I... I see you in your vault, but I in the live sessions, I miss you. And, and it's okay, right? Because all of us are busy. And so we have a nice group of female leaders. But on average, I'll be honest, in the live session, it's maybe 25 ladies. But there, there are well over, it's well over that number yes. who are members. And so that's the benefit is that um, God allowed this platform to be all about him. I don't have to be there to give you the information. And that's the part that I love and I'm thankful for. What you offer to us in Flam is so phenomenal. So I appreciate that. Thank you. To God be the glory. Where can we find you online and all of your resources? Absolutely. Our website is leadershipdevelopme.com. Leadership Develop Me. When you type that in, what you're saying is, dear leadership, develop my mind 
and my execution. That's what the me is. It's developed my mind, uh, my mindset, next level thinking. And then when my mindset is where it needs to be, how do I execute the strategy um, that I have? So leadershipdevelopme.com, all things leadership. And on social media, it's my first and my last name, spelled a little unique, L-A-W-A-N-N-E-G-R-A-N-T. But if you Google me, you'll find me there. And I would love to connect with the leader in you. This has been an absolute joy. It has been fulfilling and dare I say, even life changing. What you have will be a blessing to many women who know that they have a leader inside of them. So I do hope that they are able to connect with you as I have through Flim and otherwise. Thank you so much for having me. I celebrate you and all that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Rooted and Overflowing. To hear back episodes and learn more about the podcast, visit rootedandoverflowing.com. Resources are available and they are designed to equip you and enhance your walk with Jesus Christ. When you rate and review the show, it helps me make sure I'm sharing information that is valuable. So I invite you to let me know how I'm doing and share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, stay rooted in Christ and overflow with gratitude.